morning for this Palm Sunday, our Old Testament reading is from the prophet Isaiah, the 50th chapter. Isaiah, he gives these prophecies that both apply to him in a minor sense, and then they apply, of course, to the coming Christ in a major sense, in a more complete sense. And so as we read these words from Isaiah, they, they do reflect his ministry, but more importantly, they reflect the ministry of the one who is to come, Christ Jesus. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippian church, chapter 2. St. Paul is laying out the, for the Philippians and for us this concept that as Jesus became man, he set aside this idea that he would be equal with God in order to become less than us by taking on death, taking on condemnation. Of course, still remaining God, being God and man, he accepted a punishment that he did not deserve. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear from the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 12th chapter. This is the Palm Sunday account, or sometimes as it is called, the triumphal entry account from St. John's Gospel. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. 
the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you're gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Amen. The people of Israel were victims of circumstance. They were in a situation they did not create. They were in a situation they had no control over. They were in a situation they had not asked for. For the past 700 years, a very long time, the, the people of Israel, their homeland, and their ancestors had basically been passed around from different tribes and countries and militaries. They were under now the rule of Rome, and the Roman Empire made them essentially second-class citizens in their own hometowns. Imagine that. Living in your own homes, and yet you're not even a person who the country who rules you considers a citizen. They have no say in who ruled them, no say in how the laws are made or what laws get applied to them, no say in the amount or how they are taxed. You can imagine the desperation, the frustration, and the sadness that went along with all this for centuries. They've never known freedom, truly. And now comes a man they call the King of the Jews. A man they sometimes refer to as the Messianic titled Son of Man. Sometimes call him King of Israel. The Anointed One, he is coming. And the news has spread that this man not only is the king of the Jews, but he went to a tomb where a dead man was for four days and told the dead man to get up and walk out, and he did. You can imagine the opportunity that they felt at this moment. For literally centuries, for generations, their people had been oppressed, their people were under the thumb of militaries and governments they had no part in, and here, perhaps, finally, all the bad stuff was going to go away because this guy was here. The pain, the sadness, and darkness was all around them. The world had abused and neglected them, and finally, what was wrong would be made right. That's the context of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. And so you can imagine the feeling in those people. The people who cry out, Hosanna! Which means, in Hebrew, save or save us. Rescue us. Save us from our oppressors. Save us from these outsiders. Save us from this generational curse that has been with us. Hosanna. You can hear the desperation. You can feel it. 
And perhaps you can even understand it. But there's a problem here. The people of Israel are so focused on the enemies and the adversaries and the oppressors that are outside of themselves that they don't realize that there is something far more insidious going on inside of them. But isn't that the case? It's always easier to focus on what's going wrong outside of yourself than it is to recognize the sin inside. We don't want to talk about the sin and wrongdoing that we've done. We'd rather point out the faults of someone else. We want to complain about the forces that are outside of our control. We want to cry out to God for deliverance from our enemies because those are the enemies, those people out there. Don't get me wrong, there are serious problems in our world. There are serious problems that sometimes feel like we are completely out of control and getting further and further out of control each and every day. As a nation, as a culture, as a human people. We're not under Roman rule, but oftentimes we feel helpless. We feel helpless as this world continues to promote the destruction of family, marriage, life, identity. We can certainly feel the same way that the people of Israel felt. We cry out to God, save us, Hosanna! But I think so often we are focused just like they are on those people out there. Now I don't want to lessen the problems that there are in this world, but I do also want to bring to light that when we are pointing outside of ourselves, we forget that there is a deadly enemy in here. We're always looking at the sins and the problems out there, but never focusing on where we have fallen. And so these people are crying, Hosanna, save us, to Jesus, and they don't realize what enemy they need saving from. And this becomes evident as the week goes on and as we will go on in this week towards Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. Because these crowds of people who are yelling, save us to Jesus, they watch as he refuses to stand up to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of the province. He refuses to even try to kick Pontius Pilate out. He refuses to stand up to the enemies all around us. And so what do they do? They cry, instead of Hosanna, they cry, crucify. And as Christ goes to do battle on the cross, he goes not to defeat an earthly kingdom. He doesn't go to release us from some sort of problem that we have in the here and now but to deal with the fatal, lethal enemy that is inside of all of us. The enemy of sin. The enemy of death. And the devil. 
Because those things are the ones that claim that we are its slaves, that we belong to sin, we belong to death, we belong to the devil, because as we look at the actions of our hands, the words of our mouths, and the thoughts of our mind, they reflect not so much our God, but our sin. When we speak those untruths in order to get what we want. Or when we look at something that we really shouldn't be. Or we cause pain or abuse. So we use our words or our hands and lash out in violence and anger. When we use our own selfishness or greed to get ahead of somebody else because we think we are the better ones. Doesn't that reflect more the values of the enemy than it does the values of our God? And so we are right, just like the people of Israel were, to cry, Hosanna, save us. But here's the irony. As they cried, save us, Jesus did not save them from the enemy they thought they needed. And so they threw him on the cross. And it is on the cross that he truly delivered that Hosanna. He truly delivered that salvation. He truly delivered that rescuing. But he, Because on the cross he saved us and them from an enemy that was far deadlier than any foreign nation, any evil empire, any enemy that we think might be on our doorstep. He saved us from condemnation by our own words, our own actions, and our own thoughts. He took our own sin that drags us down into condemnation, into hell itself. He took that sin and he placed it on his own shoulders and he bore the entire weight of it. He bore the entire weight of our despair, our hopelessness, our damnation. And he snatched us away from the fires of hell and placed our feet on the path of life. He saved us from ourselves. He gives us a life everlasting. And he does it, not in the Hosanna way that we expect, but in the truly Hosanna way that we need to be saved from ourselves, from our sin, from death and from the devil. And by going to the cross and dying there and then of course rising from the tomb, he makes us his people forever. Never to die, always to live. So instead of looking outside of ourselves and saying, we need to be saved from that, let's acknowledge our sin. Let's acknowledge that we have been saved through Christ. That he has taken our sin, our pain, our disobedience, and paid the price for it all, giving us a life of Christ. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.